You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello and welcome to another episode of Travel Talk Weekly. Robin Carey Stewart here coming to you from the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in Orlando, Florida. This is show number 122, original air date February 17th of 2022. And yes, we did miss a show last week because we have big news. We were busy moving to Orlando. It was kind of a crazy, hectic schedule and not something we planned on doing right away, but it just felt right. On our last show, which was number 121, our topic was sports travel. And so this week, we're going to take a look at the top five flight destinations for U.S. travelers. And I have to say, some of them kind of surprised me. I agree. Two in particular surprised me, which we'll talk about in a second. And it wasn't just domestic travel. Two of the five cities are actually international destinations. Can you guess which ones they are? But first, travel news. And of course, the Olympics are going on. And when it comes to the Olympic Games in Beijing, we have very mixed emotions. In my opinion, the Games should have been moved well over a year ago, maybe two. And a last-minute diplomatic boycott is pointless. But I'm also very confused when I hear people say that the athletes should boycott them. Now, to be clear, we are very biased. Our cousin, Ariana Fontana, is the most decorated women's speed skater in Olympic history, and she skates for Italy. And her coach, who also happens to be her husband, is my cousin, Anthony Labello, himself a former Olympic athlete for both the U.S. and Italy. So basically, if you're telling the athletes to skip this year's games, you are telling a world-class athlete to sit out because of politics. So crazy. I'm so glad many of them did not. I know, I know. If I were an athlete and I was asked to boycott the Olympics, I would totally ignore it. So my cousin Ari, she's competed in five different Olympics. 06, 2010, 2014, 2018, and now in 2022. And she's leaving this Olympic Games with three more medals, making her grand total of 11. And she's one of only five women in the history of the Olympics to have won at least 10 medals in the Winter Olympics. And in another very impressive race last week, she defended her gold medal in the women's 500-meter race that she won in the 2018 Games. Yeah, it was, it was intense to watch, though, because they started it off, and she was tripped up just very quickly into that first race, but they went ahead and restarted the race because it was a some rule that they were allowed to do that. But yeah, we saw her fall, and then she got up, went and changed her skate blades. Well, her coach Anthony did. And then she went out there and won the gold. It was so exciting. And what the rule is, is they have seven what they call pucks. They look, you know, I guess they call them pucks because they look like hockey pucks. And they're around each of the turns. And if they're going to do a race restart, it whatever happens has to have happened before they get around the seventh one, which is, you know, the first complete turn. Had it been a, a few feet more, they would not have restarted the race. And there was even a mention that she will skate in the 2026 Olympics, and that will be her home country, Italy, because they are having the Olympic Games in Milan. Yep, they're called the Milano Cortina Games. If she skates, we are going to be there for sure. So for any people out there that think an athlete should have boycotted the Games, think about this. Some of these athletes have been training for this for decades. 
So we do have an update over in Hawaii around the COVID requirements. So in Maui, like in July, they started updating some of their protocols. And they quickly kind of reversed that because they were requiring people to have been at least boosted in the last five months for COVID. And the case numbers, though, just continue to trend downward. I'm sure they're getting pressure from all of the tourism places down there. Hopefully, they're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, the vaccination requirement over in Hawaii on all the islands is a little more intense. You can go and you do not need to be vaccinated. However, you do have to provide proof of vaccination if you want to eat indoors at any of the establishments or go to the gyms. And then at the end of January, when they said you also need to be fully boosted, well, that kind of freaked out a lot of people because some people couldn't even qualify to go and get their booster because they had just recently been fully vaccinated. So I'm glad that they're making this a little more open for more families. And if you do want to go to Hawaii and you're not vaccinated, just know you can get into the indoor restaurants. You just have to show a proof of a negative test taken within 48 hours. So if you're going to be there for a while, maybe you should bring like a ton of like home kits, although they are very particular on the type of tests that you have to take in order to even enter Hawaii. So work with the travel advisor. They can fill you in on all those details. There's another COVID update that happened officially today, and it's about Disney. You no longer have to wear a mask when inside a Disney resort or a shop or a restaurant. The only time you have to wear them is when you're on Disney transportation, which makes no sense, but that's a whole other topic. But that is if you are fully vaccinated. Correct. And so we're going to be going over to the parks ourselves and just seeing how they are implementing this, because as you can imagine, a lot of very small children come to Disney World. And I think that a lot of them who couldn't get vaccinated because they are too young, it'll be interesting to see how they are enforcing that. If you are a Game of Thrones fan, this next part is just for you. The world's premier destination for Game of Thrones enthusiasts has finally opened its doors in Banbridge, which is in Northern Ireland. And here's their official announcement. Located at one of the award-winning show's original filming sites within Linden Mill Studios, the brand new Game of Thrones studio tour immerses fans into the world of Westeros and Essos like never before. So what's kind of cool is if you're into this show, you will be able to walk on the actual set of Winterfell's iconic Great Hall. So that's going to be pretty cool. And that's where Jon Snow was declared the King of the North. There are a lot of other really cool things that any Game of Thrones enthusiast will instantly recognize. Yeah, I think that this would actually be something very, very cool. Here's what you could do is you could watch, rewatch some of the shows on your flight over to Ireland. Oh, that's a great idea. And, you know, because 75% of that series was filmed in Northern Ireland and one third of it was shot at these studios. So this is going to be like doing a really cool backlot tour. In other travel news, I was reading an article. It was about the U.S. Travel Association. They're the group that represents um, represents the travel industry. And they had something they were apparently reacting to the Bureau of Labor Statistics revised employment report. What it boils down to is 10% of the pre-pandemic leisure and hospitality jobs remain lost due to the impact of COVID-19. And that 10% actually represents about 61% of overall jobs in the US that have been lost because of this crazy pandemic. That is a huge percentage. 
And a lot of times you see that when you're going, if, if you're going to like a restaurant, so many of these restaurants are short staffed. Like we would go to a pizza place in St. Pete and they were always closed on Mondays, which I found kind of strange. But recently they started closing on Tuesdays as well because they can't find the people. Yeah. And a lot of places have not fully reopened, like a lot of the hotels, even like the cruise ships, the cruise ports. Everywhere in the hospitality industry, you can definitely feel it. I've been trying to book groups into hotels, and there are no group coordinators or managers that will even respond. It is really so, so weird. But in good news, flight bookings for this summer has jumped 600% just in the past month. And you can tell by the pricing. Kind of crazy. And also, Southwest Airlines is bringing back alcohol sales on its flights. And we mentioned this on a past show. That with airlines not serving alcohol and, and the travelers knowing that in advance, they tend to imbibe a little more either at the airport or even before they get to the airport. And so in a lot of cases, it was the airport bars. So bringing back alcohol sales, I think, is going to calm people down on the flights. I think so, too. And that brings us to this week's main topic, five destinations that U.S. travelers are booking. And these are where you can expect things to be a little more expensive because it's kind of that supply and demand and also a little more busy. Three of them are domestic and two are international. And when we were doing the research for the show, two of the cities really surprised me because these are places that I wouldn't necessarily want to go right now. Places we love, but there's a lot going on around the world. What is kind of interesting are these five destinations that people want to go to. You may find that the airfare is actually a much better rate. Whereas we're seeing airfare is a little higher for other destinations. These may be ones you want to consider because airfare is going to be a little bit lower. Coming in at number five, this one really shocked me, Los Angeles. And with all that bad press lately, I don't know how it made it into the top five other than maybe it's because the Super Bowl was held in Los Angeles. And so, you know, when you shine a spotlight on a city, a lot of people go, ooh, that looks really cool. I want to go there and check it out. They did have some really good California commercials during the Super Bowl that they, they ran. Did. So it takes a Super Bowl to fix the L.A. homeless situation. Apparently it does because they had to do a little cleanup because I've seen that in person and it is a mess down there. The good news is, is right now, round-trip airfare to LA is averaging only around like 170 bucks or so. So it's pretty inexpensive. That does vary depending upon what city you're coming from. That is the big factor. And at number four, and this one didn't surprise me, and that is Paris, France. And my best friend Jen and her daughter Bella, they went over there for a mother-daughter trip. It was like her graduation present last summer in August, and they had a fantastic time. If you are going to Paris, you will want to be fully vaccinated. But the cost of flights have fallen about 22% from the 2019 pricing. So round trip summer airfare is averaging around like 720 bucks. That is not too bad. That is very shocking. Usually it's over a thousand. Yeah. Clocking in at number three, this one is no surprise, and that is Orlando. And I think a large part is because of Disney. They're about five months into the world's most magical celebration. And in fact, we are going to go pop over there ourselves later today. That'll be our lunchtime date. <laughs> the average cost round trip airfare to Orlando is coming in at about 185-ish dollars. Which I find interesting because I've been pricing flights and it really just depends on where you're from. If you live in Ohio, I don't know what goes on with you guys, but you get amazing flight deals to come down here into Orlando. 
There is an airline called Spirit Airlines that's over on the East Coast, and they help bring that average down. So if you're like, why can't I ever get those 182? Just know there's this really, really cheap airline called Spirit that flies into Orlando. And there are some flights also on some of those discount airlines that fly into Sanford, which is the other airport. And I think those bring the average down. The next city coming up at number two, and this is another shocker for me, New York City. And with all this going on there, this one to me came out of the blue. Then again, it's not our data. It's from an app called Skyscanner. Yeah, personally, we're steering away from New York City until they get their act together. I mean, the gun violence, the proof of vaccine everywhere you go is enough to keep us away for now. And it's just staying on top of that. If you want to go to New York City, though, we definitely recommend that you go ahead and get your trip book. Make sure you're fully vaccinated because if you're not, you're very, you're going to be very limited into like the shows you can go see, the museums, and some of the other activities, even just dining indoors. And of course, if you're listening to this show, maybe in March or April, that may have already changed. We, we never know. That's true. Okay, at number one, and I think this is a great choice for a destination to go, and that is London. And they recently removed some of their restrictions. And you and I, we met a lovely couple that lives outside of Manchester just about a week ago. And they were on their way flying back. And they were telling us how they are so excited because I think it was February 20-something-ish, they are lifting all requirements. Something along those lines. I did not do the research to verify what all the requirements mean. But they definitely are headed in that right direction. They used to require you to take a test two days after you arrive, whether you're vaccinated or not, and you would have to report, monitor, and all that stuff is going away. And we have never been to London, even though we planned to do that in in 2020, but we've only been there for a quick flight layover. And in Paris, we only did a quick overnight stay. It was at the end of a river cruise. I remember seeing the Eiffel Tower off in the distance, and we said, yeah, we can walk there. Yeah, we're used to seeing the one in Epcot, and we're just like, okay, same perspective. It can't be that far. What is that, 10 (laughs) minutes? It is not. It was well over an hour. (laughs) And ironically, we were supposed to do a London and Paris trip before the the whole world shut down. Yeah, we are going to do that with Adventures by Disney. We'll definitely get that back on the schedule, because out of these five, I think London and Paris are definitely on our list. And in theory, we've been to all of these. But I think you're right. If we're going to do London and Paris, I think in the same trip, we have to do it with Adventures by Disney. Yeah. So how did you do? Do you want to go to any of these top five destinations in 2022? Hop on over to our social media and let us know which one you are most likely to visit. And of course, if we can help you book that perfect trip, please reach out to your Creating Magic Vacations travel advisor. And we'll close out with one of our favorite sayings. The world is a book and those that don't travel read only a page. Let's help you raise the bar on your 2022 vacation. 